Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Untold Story Told. Today we're joined in by Nighat Chaudhary. Nighat is an amazing Kathak dancer. She's famous all over the world. She's originally from Pakistan and she learned her dancing from London and from India. She's now based in Pakistan and she believes that dance is a form of healing. She is a healer and she has moved on in life with the vision that dancing is healing and so today she passes on that same vision to others and helps them heal. She never stop, stops evolving. She never stops growing and today in this episode we'll get to know her journey a little more up close and personal in a comfortable space where she can be herself. where she can talk to us about her soul so let's get to know her and let's get to hear what she has to say today hello nikhat how are you today i'm fine thank you it's good to be having me on the podcast and on the video and on on zoom i'm honored to be here salaha thank you It's an absolute honor to have you here Nigat. Uh it's been one of my dreams to have a person such as you uh on this platform because I think you uh, being so soul connected within can bring so much to the uh to the platform over here and there's so much to know about you. So I know a whole lot about you and if I start I'll be raving about it. I'll be going all excited and jumping up and down as so I am in most of my uh, podcasts. So we will just start with you and how about you just tell us who you are and what do you do? Okay. Let's say I by profession I'm a classical Kathak dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have an acting skill and I have been dancing since the age of 5 when I started with ballet. I grew up in London and I was born in Lahore in Pakistan. Mm. And then I came back to Pakistan in 1982 and I've been in and out and I've traveled around because of my uh, I wanted to refine my form of mm. dancing. Mm. So I was constantly searching um ke okay, i i go to india i went to india for 8 years and then i went on and off in pakistan i came back to pakistan because i wanted to find myself mm-hmm. and the whole journey of coming back was like when i came into kathak learning classical kathak mm-hmm. 
The Kathak is a storytelling form. It's it's got a very strong technique, like classical Western ballet. You know, it it's, in its similarities, unless it's from South Asia and that's from the West. So, for me, Kathak became the catalyst mm. for bringing me back to Pakistan, and then Pakistan became the turf or the soil in which I had spiritual experiences. Mm. Um, I kind of when I was a young kid, um, around between five and eight, mm. I had these amazing mystical experiences, which I could never understand. Mm. But I, I could see people, I could see figures, I could see, you know, I would talk to them. And, and I never told this to anyone because I mm. thought that everyone would think I was mad. But I had that kind of, and then my, I think my third eye must have opened or something must have opened. Mm. And then it shut. So, and then I went totally into dance and I was, you know, um, totally focusing on my, uh, on my dancing and then when I came to Pakistan mm. I literally started feeling those say I felt like my whole body was vibrating differently mm. and and another very interesting thing is that um, and I think it's very important to talk about because you know a lot of people I'm kind of give a background to to understanding this journey that I've been on mm. is that as a kid I came from a very abused family from a, a, a very abusive father Mm. And I think the pain that comes from the childhood, and I'm not looking at it in any negative manner. Mm. I'm looking at it as part of defining me, as part of uh, my growth, because I believe we choose our parents. Spiritually, I have studied this and understood that we choose mm. our parents. So why did I choose this kind of father? Why did I choose this kind of mother? But they were very non-loving, non-physical, mm. non-emotional, emotional in a negative sense, aggressive in a negative sense. So mm. as a kid, so that, be, you know, and, and when I danced, that mm. used to become my arena where I was connected or I was alone and I was healed. So my healing was also simultaneously happening with my learning and my, you know, so I, the minute I'd go into a dance class and I'd been beaten up at home, yeah. I would be fine. I'd go home feeling fine, you know, or being in school away mm. from home so it's very interesting that uh, dance was not really something as a career mm. you know, when you start your life and you think oh I'm going to become this mm. it was never like that it became that it it was something that I really really treasured and really really enjoyed because it used to take away the pain mm. it was it was my tablet it was my um, I needed to take that daily and if I didn't take it would take me uh, into a different world and I'd be healed and I'd, I'd forget I'd be back at zero again oh nothing happened to me so that went on for years and years mm. and then I realized um, how dancing I couldn't live without it it was as if dance had chosen me and mm. that it was a skill or a gift from Allah from God mm. and it you know and I, I'm not really a religious person yeah I'm not, I, I, even though my family is a little more religious, I mean, but not, um, not extremely religious, if you know what I mean, they walk the middle path like that. Mm. But I became, I was more started looking in Sufism. Okay. I started when I come, came to Pakistan and then Sufism's connection to classical dance. So my journey back to Pakistan then opened that dimension. And then I, um, you know, I was learning the language, I started learning Urdu, I started uh, going to the Mazars, I started connecting to the spiritual part of the dance. 
And I realized that the whirling and the chakras we take, you know, we take these chakras in Kathak, yeah. that I realized they came from Rumi. They came from 9th century Rumi. And that this whole whirling we do, you know, when we whirl and we yeah. do all of that, actually taking it into Kathak, because in all the classical uh, dance forms of South Asia, when you look at Bharatnatyam, Kuchipudi, and all the different, there are eight classical dance forms. Okay. Kathak is the only one from the north of India. All right. And then after partition, Pakistan inherited Kathak you know, and accepted it more uh -huh. because it has a Muslim root, it has a Central Asian uh, influence, it has an Arabic influence, it has a uh, Indian influence, you know, so there's all these influences that have shaped the form. Right. But then there was a lot of Muslim uh, influence that came from Hazrat Amir Khusro in 14th century. The tabla got created, which is a drum, which was mm. first a, a mridangam, which was a drum like that. Then it became a drum like this that you played. Mm -hmm. And then the chatravina, which was tuned by water. Um, mm. Hazrat Amir Khusro introduced the keys to the, so you get the guitar of today. Right. Right. So the sitar had the keys. So the instruments changed and all that influence came into Kathak. So there was a lot of spiritual, Muslim, mm. the mystic, the scholarly, mm. um, spiritual scholarly influences into the mm. form, into class. And I think that's why Kathak resonated with me because mm. I was maybe on a journey, but I wasn't too young to understand what was happening. But yeah. the minute I came back to Pakistan, it just opened up it was like wow what is this I need to know I and then I started struggling yeah. as a dancer because yeah. there in Pakistan there's a lot of restriction on dance it's not looked upon in a, in a, in a nice way mm. um, and I know that's coming from historical reference mm. you know which, which it's all like if I start talking about that that's a whole <laughs> window oh, so no. I so I'm just giving kind of, you know, the British came in, colonization came, the mm -hmm. classical dancer was banned mm -hmm. and then uh, she degenerated and then economic sustenance, she went into prostitution. So in Pakistan, we inherited that, that identity of her. Mm -hmm. So I was struggling in Pakistan with being looked down upon and ah. being um, um, not respected and not- And a woman, and a woman on, and her, a woman, own, yes. on her own. Absolutely. Wanting things to happen and not giving up. Absolutely. So true. Yeah, that the woman, I never thought of that. When I look at that now, yes, you know, because in England, in England, if you're a woman on your own, it's not considered, you know. Mm -hmm. But in Pakistan, yes, I was a woman on my own, a young girl, young girl on my own, mm -hmm. um, dancing, mm -hmm. um, classical dancing, mm -hmm. and um, very different, very outspoken, very, mm -hmm. you know, to the point, not, I would not, you know, I'm direct, whatever it is, it is, you know, and I'm intelligent. Yeah, and knowing what she's talking about. Yeah, independent, yeah. empowered as a woman. So I think all these kind of things um, were not resonating in Pakistani society. And so I had to face a lot of um, resistance from my family, from the society. And that kind of started opening up um, this, the pain, see, because I believe. I really believe that the pain actually opens up the spiritual, mm, mm. the spiritual essence yeah. of who you are. Because yeah. I think uh, God mm. also speaks to us through pain. Because it's yes. only through the pain does the learning come, oh, does yeah. the evolution come, Beautiful. does the growth come. Beautiful. There's no other way. If I'm comfortable and satisfied, I mm. wouldn't wouldn't spiritually awaken. 
So mm-hmm. I really believe, and then I, you know, I started reading on Sufism. Then I met my Sufi master mm-hmm. in '97, mm-hmm. and um, he came to my house. Mm-hmm. And I was before he came in, I was going through out of body experiences on the stage. I was having um, experiences in my room when I'd practice alone because I'd mm-hmm. practice for hours upon hours, mm-hmm. and I would hear. Like my, my, my dance guru died in India in 93, okay. 92, 93, Pandit Durga And I could hear his gungurus in my dancing hall when no one was there. Oh. And, you know, a lot of people think that, but I realized that the presence is there. So it's, he yeah. was like saying to me, I'm there because I was feeling very alone. I had lost him mm. as, a, as a dance teacher because I had gone to India for eight years. Yeah. And after being in Pakistan, I really wanted to grow further. And then I, he died of a heart attack while performing. So I lost him. And, you know, to me, I was losing people, people who mattered a lot to me, you know, in, in my life, you know, and it was, it was like I was being broken down to be re, reconstructed again. Yeah, so and what I, think, I feel is that there was like this dark, gloomy cloud that became darker and denser and you were getting in between it. You were still spiraling, but yeah. it was just like, whoa, engulfing you and moving you and getting you to think differently and you don't know how to make friends with it. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't understand. So yeah. that pain was going on for a long mm. time. And mm. then suddenly my, my master, my spiritual master turns up <laughs> and um, it was like, in one meeting, the epiphany came. It was like, oh, I had an epiphany like, oh, wow, this was, because I had seen him in my dreams and I okay. made a picture of him. I had seen him for six months. And I said, who is this man with a white beard that I keep seeing that's coming in my dreams? So I made a picture. And then when, and my, my spiritual master, we called him Babaji. Hmm. He was called I- Babaji. And his name was Safdar Ali Bukhari. Yes, Sayyid Safdar Ali Bukhari, Kalandar. So he was a Kalandar, which is a Kalandar means a person that is kul andar, fully evolved inside, uh, is what I understand. So when you have a full evolution inside of your spirituality, Mm. and he was always in the light, Mm. in the light, in the light. So the minute he came to my house and I had some amazing discussions with him and he he said to me that your spirituality has come through your dance. Mm. Your awareness of yourself has come through your dance, through your bells, through your, we we wear these gungurus, they're called bells, Mm. they're called gungurus that we tie around our feet when we Mm. do the dance. Mm. And he asked for my gungurus and he he started kissing my gungurus and he was just smelling them and making a, you know, a bracelet and a necklace out out of my gungurus and he was saying mm-hmm. your whole journey is in your gungurus and mm-hmm. I started crying you know and my cleansing side and I started crying and crying and crying, mm-hmm. and, crying. Mm-hmm. and he let me be he, he didn't stop me from crying he didn't say don't cry don't cry don't cry because I realized that there must have been such a uh, from childhood yes. till now there must have been so much yes. of me that was suppressed in my memory consciously yeah and asking for something that was just given to you all together like this in a platter yeah Yeah. and I think you know I believe because I I read that we keep 
um, emotional memory in our joints, in our yes, body. Yes, in our body. Our body stores emotional memory. Yeah. It's and then so I read strong. about um, yeah. Dr. Emoto, who speaks about keeping, having water memory that we're 70 percent 50 so yeah. after reading all that study i realized that all this release he because he had the energy and and he was on that level of a master that he mm. could initiate this cleansing in like i must have cried for three hours wow. i just couldn't stop crying and then it was and then after that i felt like i was reborn i like mm. i felt light i suddenly all the pain in my joints you know I know it sounds weird, but I felt like, oh my God, you know? Was it like <laughs> immense, immense love? Unman immense, unconditional love? That yeah. was like connecting. I, but I think that with the Sufis, hmm. they, their transference ah. through energy. They transfer through energy and very powerful. Okay. Very powerful. Because, hmm. you know, when you experience it, Mm. Um, I had met a lot of Babas before, spiritual masters, but okay. this one was really powerful. And, uh, it, you know, I, I could feel it. I could feel the energy. I could wow. feel um, the, that he was piercing me and mm. he was taking out the dark. He was mm. pushing it out of me because he was powerful enough to do that. And not to be, because if you do that for someone, you have to protect yourself because you be, could be taking on... Uh, a lot of their, their, and you could become ill. But I think because he was so powerful as a person and he had evolved and he had all that, um, he was able to seal himself. You know, when you seal your aura and you yes. seal your, so he was, he was sealed. Mm. I could see that he was sealed. And so he was able to just clean me up without being affected. Mm. So the impact was so powerful. Mm. And then, you know, he got me to do a, a, a Sufi dance. And in that dance, he took me to places which were spiritually and um, in, in, in our Muslim tradition, you know, um, he, he took me to the Kaaba, he took me to the Prophet. And I didn't see the Prophet's face, but um, he, he was just taking me to meet all these highly evolved spiritual people uh, like Baba Bulisha. And um, spiritually, I was meeting these people and I was just like going through this journey of like I was flying, he, I was, I was actually um, flying with him, you know. Was he introducing you to them, to them, or you felt the feeling of this person being this person, like just? He was like, introducing me. He was like saying that this is my, you know. He was like introducing me as his student, as his, and getting endorsements mm -hmm. and blessings. It was like That's a blessing. What I wanted to hear. Yeah, there was yeah. a constant blessing going on that, okay, this is, this is, this is your, this, he used to call us Kaki mm -hmm. and Kaki basically mm -hmm. for him meant God, you know, in, 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 in the female is the, he, for him, God was also Kaki and Kaka. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether, but it was his way of saying that we are God, We're, in the image of God, you are God. So people don't understand it because the Sufis also function in a very different way. Mm. But it took me some time to understand. Eventually I understood that. So I think he was just getting blessings and introducing me to the spiritual world mm. because he, would, he used to say to me that one day you're going to do a lot of work in this world yeah. and that time will come when you will renounce the world and you will be working in this area. 
and that time you will it, it will come to you, you will know and it will happen slowly it won't happen like a bang you know it'll just keep happening happening one day you just say okay i'm going to do this you your, purpose. your purpose my purpose will be clear yeah yes so that totally and then i my greatest um, lots of people ask me that what evidence do you have that you were cleared you know and i said i forgot my past Mm. Oh, the pain of it the, the actual I forgot my past there was no you know when you have a, a certain mm-hmm. um, energy on a memory okay. you know and there, there was nothing there it was like I had no past it just didn't exist it was amazing all the time that I was with Babaji I never rem- I was always in the moment in the moment somehow I had developed a frequency or something in it he had either opened up in me that i used to live in the moment i yes. never used to think of you know i had issues with money i had financial issues and everything and they all started sorting themselves selves out the minute i stopped worrying about it hmm. the minute i stopped i was like in this space i was neutral hmm. and he said that the, what's happened is that your memory and your pain that you've gone through has been neutralized so hmm. when there's no energy on it when there's no um focus on it no resistance yeah. no yeah so you're actually you're recreating your past if you keep if you keep remembering it mm-hmm. and if you keep and i stopped telling those stories you know we have these stories so if you keep telling the same story you're yes. going to live the same life yes so my life started changing then my i was not i wasn't telling any story so with the, that do you think the stories you told through your khatak dancing around that time also changed its way it's like it got its soul connection more and more do you think that that way of looking at your life and the story of your life and how stories can be changed by the way you perceive them impacted your dancing oh yes absolutely i was performing more on uh rumi i started performing baba bulesha i started performing shah hussain i started performing spiritual pieces i started reading up on hazrat ali who is the 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 highest the door to the spiritual the spiritual door in sufism he's the the leader of that you know the, where all the spiritual masters bow down to hazrat ali because he's the one that is the the teacher and the uh, guru or ustad of the the sufi door so i was reading up on him i was dancing man kapats i was doing you know um just picking up things that were were resonating with me like that yes. and and performing on that so my performance yeah. level also changed to this day you know and i then i uh, initiated mm-hmm. a, a company called the uh, 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 sufi kathak you know the kathak sufi uh, tradition i kind of incorporated that in wow and i would at times just be in vajd on stage and i would be crying and i i don't even know what i'm going through it was just things were happy i was letting them be i said it's okay you know mm-hmm. i'm just said to let it happen you know it's mm-hmm. just don't try and like you were just we were just having a discussion before we started about just being mm-hmm. so he just said be and that's it there's nothing more to do hmm. i love how uh, one of the most uh, prominent themes that come forward uh, with your time with him as as a person who's listening to your story and i have listened to uh, a few 
you know, stories that you told about him in other interviews too. So uh, uh, coming back to what you're saying now as well, uh, I, I do know that you used to go for like this energy healing sessions to different people as, as, as a group. And then he would just put you on spot and say, you can heal this person. And you're like, how do I do this? But that one telling you that belief in you that you can do it, you were actually able to heal others. So you are this amazing healer sitting in front of us. That's so true. And that was very scary for me because the <laughs> first time Babaji would do this, that we would be in a group and we would go around and he would say to me, now you do the prayer, dua, you know, you do the, um, the, the prayer. Let's <laughs> let now you hold, uh, hold the container right now and you get everyone to close their eyes and connect inside onto their hearts. And there would be a certain, you know, they would say mm. Allah three times mm. and then I would focus and mm. then you, I would radiate. So, you know, you, you, I would go in and we learned, mm. I understood that, you know, you radiate mm. and when, as you radiate those frequencies, like electromagnetic waves mm. go out and they touch the people who have opened themselves up yes. so when they connect. Then mm. when they connect and that connect, that's that's the manifestation. That's when it's a mm. an immediate manifestation of your prayer. Mm. So I recognize that 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 happens when I do when I go really deep. There were times when I I experimented. I said, okay, I'm not going to go deep today. Mm. Just for about five or ten minutes, I want to see what happens. Mm. And then I then Babaji would say to me, do it again. <laughs> And then I would do it. Then I realized he knows that I'm doing this. And he says, and he would say, yeah, he caught me. He wouldn't say it then. Then he would say, do it again. Then I did it not deeply again. Then he said, do it again. Mm-hmm. And on the third time, I realized I better not do this otherwise. So I really went deep. Yeah. The minute I went deep in and I would say to them, you're not going to open your eyes till I tell you. So I used to go deep and deep and maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Everyone would be deep in and then people would start crying and people would start. It was, it was like there was a cleansing going on. There was, you know, people's auras were being cleaned out and Babaji was there as well. And there were all the other groups. So mm. you can imagine what high frequencies we were functioning on. Yeah. And it was just the vessel through which the light was coming through. Because what did happen, obviously, is you open yourself up and the light comes through you. And the light, it's God's, it's God's energy. It's God that's doing the healing. Yeah. You're just the vessel that, through the medium through which he's, mm. you know. And that's what our master taught us, that you're just the vehicle. And through this, you know, you and your own growth has to happen. You have to keep growing yourself. You have to keep evolving. So, and then the, so amazing things happened. There was one, um, I was known amongst the group that anyone who had a heart attack or yeah. was, had a tube closed or something, they would go, let's go to Nigochari, she'll do a prayer and the tubes will open up. Mm. Because my first case was that when Babaji took me to someone who was ready for, a, um, for an open heart surgery, had three tubes closed. Mm. And we went to the hospital and the night before, the next morning he was going to be operating, he was shaved up and everything. And that was my first case, which Babaji said to me, heal him, you can do it. I said, what do I do? Mm. I, I never, I, I didn't know. I, I, I was just on my own spiritual journey. But he said, through his healing, your healing will take place. Um, through healing others, you also get healed. Yes. And he taught me how to seal myself. So I held the person's hand. Mm. And I did, you know, there's a certain uh, mantra that we're given. 
Mm. And then I was mm. reciting the mantra very close and I told him to also recite. Mm. And I saw in my eyes, I saw all his tubes just open like tuck, tuck, tuck. It just opened. I saw it. And then I let go and I started dancing in the room and I said, please don't have an operation. You're healed. I saw it. He says, how? I said, I saw it. Please go and have a test. So we left and then eventually we met him after a couple of days. And he said, it was a miracle. And mm. I said, God did it. You know, my, my master said, no, this is God's work. It's, we we mm. don't um, look upon it as our work. It's work of God. It's a miracle mm. of God. Mm. And you just, we're just mediums and we connected and we prayed for you. We asked for your healing. That's it. That's and you so were connected. That's yeah. so lovely. Like when you come from light, you have to keep reminding yourself that you do come from light and that you are the medium through which the light is coming through. And, and I think that is so beautiful to remind yourself as a light worker or a person who heals everyone because then you're able to connect with other people's light, like even if they cannot see it you can see it and it's wonderful how you can visually actually uh, see that like at, at such at, in, in, on your first energy healing session um, you were able to visualize uh, his healing I, I saw it I actually and another time a child came to my house now Babaji had left me on my own and this is another case which is a heavy I always I used to get very heavy cases as well mm. this child could not walk mm. and the parents could not understand why the child could not walk. Mm. And I, I said, I don't want to judge and why this is happening. I could see some blocks, and but I didn't want to go into intellectually trying to explain to the parents. Mm. So Babaji, I call Babaji, take the child in your lap mm. and hold him and pray for him. Mm. So I held the child. The child was about eight, nine years old. Okay. So I held the boy in my, ha in my arms, literally just... And I closed my eyes and I really went deep. I just, I remember that I cried in that prayer. Mm. I said, it's you, you're the healer. God, you're the healer. You heal him. He's your creation. You created him. Mm. Give him release him of his suffering. It's mm. only you can do it. I'm just the medium. I'm pulling your light in. Mm. And I saw the whole light go through my body, out my heart, into his body. And the, the little boy just jumped up and started running around the room. Wow. It was such a powerful download of the light. I saw it go through and my eyes were closed. Mm. And then suddenly I just, and the child was running around and I just started crying. I was so, mm. and I was also got very scared. Yeah. I got so scared yeah. because, you know, in Pakistan and I thought, oh my God, you know, people are, just going to cast you as a witch or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, you right out of my mouth. I thought, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm a witch. Everyone's going to think I'm I'm doing some jadu, some magic, some black magic, you know. And this is all pure light. And, you know, it, because then people started getting to know. And that's when I got scared. Because I'm also, I'm also, I've also, and I'm still coming to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And Babaji always told me this, that it would take time. Because he did say you're a very powerful healer. He, mm. he said, he, before he passed over, he mm. came and met me separately. Okay. And okay. he said to me, you're going to go, go through some more pain. Mm. Very clearly. But it's going to be growth. Mm. And Because I had issues with relationships. And he says, mm. you have a little bit to learn in that area. Mm. Especially with male, female. But because of my father's issue, I, mm. things would still come up. And it's not like you're ever a clean chair. You know, you're... No. You, things would always bubble up again and mm. I would 
the only difference was I had the tools to work with and yeah. I had the awareness to um, not let it drown me as mm-hmm. before it would being drown me. Observer, I, being yes. an observer in your own life rather than the before way of being of too um, involved. Tim, you know, we end up becoming victims if we don't understand or we're not aware. You become a victim of your own story because basically what I understand is that um, whatever you're saying or, or thinking, you're manifesting because if your feelings are in it, mm. then your feeling is also the thing that manifests it. Totally. Words are like spells. That's what I was reading the other day. That whatever yeah. you say, be careful how you use them. Also, the music you listen to. Because there was a time I used to listen to a lot of sad music. Because of course, all of us love sad, romantic songs, yeah. right? But now, if you look look at those lyrics, you're like, whoa! Every time you read oh. it, it's like subconsciously taking that all in. So why and not then you're manifesting it? Completely in your life. You see. So I realized what the more I became aware of that. And then he said, you have one very heavy lesson to learn mm-hmm. and you're going to go through. Because he could see, he had the eye, his, his third eye was totally, mm-hmm. could see beyond. I mean, it was quite amazing. You know? So he would say that, but you'll come out and that's going to be your real growth. And after that, and I've just come out of it. It's very interesting. I've just, about four or five years ago, I really came out of this heavy um, mm-hmm. divorce. I went through a divorce and... And, and it just totally broke me again. And it kind of uh, opened up a whole link back to maybe another layer of the childhood um, pain that suddenly I read, oh, I still had this, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and it all came out. It took me two years mm-hmm. to really work on myself. And I um, used, I, I mean, I meditate every day. Mm-hmm. I would listen to Surah Rahman. I've listened to Surah Rahman for two years. And mm. that he, it was a, it was a very deep wound, and it was also karmic because I went to a couple of people, mm. and um, I recognized that I had a karmic um, lesson to coming back from past lives, mm. and I went through a past life regression mm. with a very very powerful woman in India in Bangalore, mm. Mm. and she took me seven lives back. Mm. And the kind mm. of things that came up about about, about my parents, mm. Mm. you know, yeah. and I read and 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 then I don't know if you know. Um, there's a very famous guru who is from Bangalore, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Yeah, he does a lot of um, uh, there's yeah. a lot of videos of him online. Yes, I went to his ashram, okay. and he was the and I met him one on one. And he, he also said the same thing. You know, the truth is universal everywhere. So he said the same thing that my master said. And he said that you want to, I don't want you to, uh, I want to give you a lady who will help you go through the past life progression. Mm. So you can understand it, but please don't um, get attached to it. Just understand it. It's there for your awareness, not for you to start analyzing and well, going into you and and then re don't remanifest what we're trying to make bring out. We're trying to take it out of you. So, and it was amazing that he knew all of this. And I, he was saying, "I will give you a very good uh, one of my students. Yeah, she's very very powerful and she's very very good. And I think you should work with her." So I did three or four sessions with her. Wow! And that was um, in. Like, you know, I think I can say that that really changed my life. That really, really 
mm. put things into perspective for me and mm. i kind of i write a lot i keep a daily diary mm. and i i every day i write things out about oh this is coming so and i tap and i started just doing tapping recently on the meridian um I don't know if you know about yeah, the tapping. Yeah, I know about tapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the yeah. tapping that you do. This, um, the EFT, the, yeah, the emotional freedom, the emotional freedom technique. EFT. Yes, yes. So I've just been doing started a lot getting into that too. Yeah, I've just started studying about. And it. I, I've been doing that for about a year now, wow. and I find it very powerful because it goes really deep. Because it goes into your meridian system. Mm. It goes into your the sympathetic system mm. and it i find that it's really it's re now i feel in the last year or so that mm. i'm back together mm. and i'm actually out of the childhood thing now mm. that's let go and you know that that's kind mm. of heat now and if it comes it comes in very small yeah bubbles it just comes and it's nothing that that that, that is prolonged as before just, say did you look at it but yes. it's just like an image that goes by yeah rather than the immense uh pain that used to come once upon a time yes yeah. so yeah. how important would you say because i had someone ask me this today as well how important it is to um actually go through your past and clear those wounds that you have uh with your parents especially um uh, because i just come to this particular person and they were like how do you forgive a parent and where i started was just to like scratch the surface not getting too much into it i told them to first understand where we all come from and how we are just like brought through our parents and when we are in our parents tummy we are pure liquid love and when mm -hmm. we come out all we want is pure liquid love so even if the parents are not caring and if even if you get very minimal nutrition or whatever you still you still have this whole a lot of love within you and you're looking for love and anything that is a contradiction to that love just gets calculated as a contradiction and your subconscious and still you're running on so much love that that goes on for a long time over time there's so many beliefs that you put on that you then eventually one day question yourself that are my parents who they are like are my parents uh, did they do right by me and i told him that we are all like they are your parents but they are also human they were also somebody's yeah. child they might be somebody's victim too so if you think you're a victim we're all victims of victims so i i've sort of like touched the surface but in your way how would you say how important it is to go through that um clearing up and still understand that you cannot forget but you can forgive like that was his question uh forgiveness is very interesting because forgiveness is the most important thing mm. and i'm just going to read out something okay. just as a it's a it's a forgiveness prayer okay. and this is something i want to give to you and um i will also send it to you and it's something i read every single day hear mm. all the souls harmed by any of the mistakes i have made in this lifetime and all my previous life lifetimes dear all the souls harmed by any of the mistakes my ancestors have made in this lifetime and all their previous lifetimes including human beings animals the environment and mother earth mm -hmm. i sincerely apologize to all the souls i have harmed mm -hmm. please forgive my ancestors and me 
Take mm. all the souls that have harmed me and my ancestors in this lifetime and all my and all their previous lifetimes. I sincerely forgive you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of all my ancestors, I forgive you all too. Amen. So it is so I will share this and this is something yes. where you need forgiveness is the key to your growth. Mm. And um, this is what Babaji also taught me that you, because I didn't know how to forgive. I couldn't forgive my parents. It took me a long time. But he said, you have to forgive. It's the gateway to your growth. It's the gateway to your spirituality. It's the gateway to your being a human being. Because if God can forgive and, you know, he, he, there is so much grace of God to every human being. Mm. And what he's given us as human beings. Mm. So how can we as human beings not forgive? We have to acquire the skill that mm. has, we have to acquire it. You have to, mm. you have to go, we have to work with it. You have to mm. go with it step by step. But you know, when you start forgiving, that is the process of letting go, mm. of crying, of picking up the wound, looking at it and saying, you know, I let the wound go, so I forgive the person who gave it to me you pick up another wound I forgive this person so it's a process and I think in tapping there's also some fabulous tapping um, scripts that help you know um, even though I find it difficult to forgive because you first have to acknowledge the fact that you're finding it difficult to forgive Mm. in tapping they always in you that belief in you that you can do it you were actually able to heal others. So you are this amazing healer sitting in front of us. 